key point number two. The scope of Daniel's prayer was much larger than Daniel realized. His prayer was actually a desire for Jesus. Let's look at what Gabriel had to say to Daniel. Verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression. Now, what does that mean? To put an end to their rebellion against God. Look, to make an end of sins. What does that mean? It means that that at the end of this time, sin is going to be defeated. Look at this, to make reconciliation for iniquity. Does all this sound familiar? This is all pointing us to Jesus, isn't it? Listen, these are the things that Jesus are going to, uh, is going to accomplish to make an end of sins. Then he says, to make reconciliation for iniquity. Our sin has separated us from God, and the cross is what brings reconciliation. And then it says, listen, listen to this, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Oh my goodness, he is describing Christ very precisely because Christ gave us his righteousness an everlasting righteousness. And then it says this, to seal up vision and prophecy. A portion of the vision and prophecy are going to be sealed up for a later time. When it's, when it, whenever we see that, those words in Scripture, seal up the prophecy, it means hold on to this, it's going to come back at a later time. And then he says, and to anoint the most holy. Now, it's possible that Gabriel was talking about the temple, but certainly Christ is in view here as well. Gabriel then breaks down these 70 weeks into three parts. Look back at verse 25, or look at verse 25, and then we'll unpack it. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth to the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall and even troublesome times. Now there's two things to keep in mind when we want to understand this verse. In English, when we hear the word week, what do we immediately think of? Seven days. That's where we go to immediately, right? We hear, in about a week, we're going to do that. Well, understand this. In English, we only have one definition when we hear the word week. We think of seven days. In the Hebrew language, however, the, the term weeks is a unit of seven. It's a unit of seven. So if they said, this is going to happen in seven weeks, It's literally saying in seven units of seven. So what exactly is being said here? The people of Israel celebrated, the Hebrew people celebrated what are known as sabbatical years. In other words, they they didn't just describe the word weeks to days, but they also used the term weeks as units of time or units of years. So it could be a unit of days or it could be a unit of years. So, we should understand that the word week in this passage means a unit of seven years. Now, this is the most natural and the most literal reading of the passage. There shall be seven weeks 
and 62 weeks. Now, if you're doing the math, that's a total of what? 69 weeks. It's not 70, it's 69. 69 weeks. In other words, 69 units of seven years. So why not, why not just say from the time that the decree goes out to the time of Messiah, there's going to be 69 weeks? Why not, just say, why not just say it that way? Well, here's what's going on. The two are added together. In other words, there's going to be seven weeks and 62 weeks, and he adds those together. Why? To indicate that this is consecutive weeks, that these are going to happen in sequence. These, these 69 weeks, rather, are going to happen all at the same time. The 69 weeks. There's going to be seven of those weeks that are going to happen, and then something significant is going to take place. And then there's going to be another 62, but he adds them together to indicate this is all going to be at, in one, at one time in sequence, 69 weeks. But there's another portion that is to be sealed up because it, that week is going to happen at a later time. So there will be something significant that happens at the first seven weeks or 49 years. And at the end of the 49 years, what's going to happen? Jerusalem will be rebuilt. It will then be an additional 62 weeks or 400-some years, 434 years, until what? The Messiah. It is so precise, it's incredible. Now, there are scholars that have done the math that are much smarter than I am that have done the math between the decree that went out to rebuild Jerusalem and their calculations point us to the day of April 6th, 32 A.D., that date would be the triumphant entry of Jesus coming into the city of Jerusalem. In reference to this day, Jesus said himself in Luke 19, 42, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. There's something significant on that day because it was on that day, the triumphal entry, that Jesus was declared the king. They were, they were pulling out the palm branches. They were pulling out and saying, he is the king. Psalm 118 is a song about the triumphant entry of the Messiah. It's verse 24 that declares, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Whenever we sing that song, that is a song about the Messiah has, has come. Now, I mentioned earlier that the 70 weeks were divided into three parts. The first is the seven weeks. Then, so that's 49 years. So added to that in sequence are the next 62 weeks. That's 434 years. And then there is one final week. Let's look at what Gabriel has to say about this week. Key point number three, and we'll wrap up with this. The fulfillment of the 70th week will be fulfilled in the future because we know that God keeps all of his promises. Daniel chapter 9, verse 26 and 27, listen to this. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. 
Do you hear the incredible prophecy of what's being said? He's giving us a timeline. He's telling us the exact date that the Messiah is going to come. He's telling us when it's going to happen. And then he is telling us that he is going to be cut off. The words used for execution. He is going to be executed. And it says, oh, and by the way, this is not for himself. He is not being executed because of something that he did. He is doing this for someone else. He is doing this for the sake of others. And then the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now this is Gabriel saying, listen, I'm telling you, here's what's going to happen. Do you know what happened in 70 AD? The city of Jerusalem destroyed. Destroyed. The walls were destroyed. The temple was destroyed. And then it says, then the next thing that's going to happen is there, at the end of it shall be with a flood till the end of the war of desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. In other words, now, what's going to happen is there's going to be a pause. And that pause is going to, right at the end of the 69th week, we're going to push pause. And we're going to seal up this prophecy for a future time for one week. And when is that coming? So he says, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So here's the thing. This is referring to uh, the, the rise of the Antichrist and that he is going to make a seven-year or a unit of, of what we would call a week, a, seven, a unit of seven of peace. But it's not, it's not going to last. Verse 26 and 27 indicate this pause between 69 and the 70th weeks are for multiple reasons. One is because the 70 weeks are all focused on Israel. The pause between the 69th and the 70 weeks will shift away from Israel and begin to focus on the Gentiles, the church age. The 70th week or unit of seven years will be delayed until the Antichrist comes who makes a peace agreement with Israel. Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, but here on this, listen, listen to the close. But Israel ceased to exist as a nation. Now, if the prophecy says that, a, that, the, that the Antichrist is going to make a peace agreement with Israel, but Israel doesn't exist. It's hard for the Antichrist to make a peace agreement, right? Israel stopped existing. When? 70 A.D. In 70 A.D., it was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. The city was destroyed. It stopped existing. But listen to this. We live in a unique time in history. Because on May 14th in 1948, Israel was reestablished as a nation. 1948. We live in that unique time period. So now, the stage has been set, right? Israel has been reestablished as a nation. How can this prophecy come to pass if it doesn't exist? Well, now it exists again. It's there, and it hasn't for, for, for centuries. Daniel 8, 26, but seal up the vision, for it concerns distant future. 
Remember that there is a portion of the vision and prophecy to be sealed up for the future. Daniel 12, verse 4. But you, Daniel, close and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. There's a portion of this prophecy that is not going to happen in sequence with the others. So the book of Revelation then, written by the apostle John in the year 90 AD, acknowledges that this seven-year unit with two halves, three and a half years and three and a half years, are still future tense. So in the narrative of Israel's return from exile, God continued to show his faithfulness. Yet sin continued to plague Israel and the rest of the world. It's not hard to imagine the exiles being distracted by the date of their possible return. I mean, even Daniel knew that the end of the 70 years was approaching. God was focused on dealing with sin. The exiles were focused on them returning to their homeland. So like Daniel, we are living in anticipation of our own number 70. We're looking for that 70th week, right? We're waiting on that, that 70, that number 70, that 70th week. When is it going to come, Lord? And it seems like it's just nearby, just like Daniel sitting in his bedroom, looking at the prophecies and going, Lord, I know, I know that that 70 is coming soon. But when is it going to come? When do we get to see the promised land? We're asking those same questions, aren't we? When is that 70th week going to come? When is that 70 going to get here? When do we get to see the promised land of heaven? When will the rapture occur? Listen, it's my understanding that the church will be raptured just prior to the start of the 70th week. And that's a good thing because that 70th week is filled with desolation. And we don't know when that 70th week is coming, but it is coming. And God always fulfills his promises. Our job is to make sure that we don't get so focused on the 70th week that we overlook the fact that God has created a pause for a missional purpose to spread the gospel, to build houses, to live in them, to take for ourselves wives, to give our sons and, wives and daughters in marriage, to raise up and dedicate our children to the Lord. Why? So that we don't diminish and we can continue to make the gospel known so long as he tarries. And until the, that 70th week comes. And then one last thought, and then we'll pray together. The plan is in place. The clock is ticking. The anointed ruler is on his way.